Hi everybody, it's Jolie Remini here from seekingbalance.com.au. I'm a vestibular audiologist and neuroplasticity therapist, which means I help people with sensory distortions, any form of vertigo, dizziness or tinnitus. I help them rewire, reset and recalibrate how their brain is interpreting the messages coming from their ears, their eyes and their spinal cord. Um, too often my clients have been to endless doctors They've been told there's no cure, there's nothing you can do, and they're kind of feeling really bummed and really down and out. And unfortunately, that can, that can span decades. So I am the, I'm in a very fortunate position of being able to say to people, you don't actually need a cure. You can reset the way those sensations are being processed by your brain. So while we don't need to get rid of sensations, we can change how the brain processes them, and this is neuroplasticity. Part of... My job is helping people heal using online programs and therapies. And then if I'm lucky, I get to meet them. I've got clients all over the world on every continent except Antarctica. And I don't get to meet you all. So when I do get to meet people, it kind of warms my heart a little bit and I get a bit fuzzy. And today I get to meet Jen from the US and I'd like to introduce Jen to you. So welcome to the call and thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Joey. And I'm happy to just be here and to meet you. Um, I've been a member of the Rocksteady community since 2017. That's when I found you. Great. Um, and it's been life-changing. Yeah. I can say that. Yeah. Um, Do you want to just introduce people to briefly what your sensations were, if you had a diagnosis, what that was, and what you were feeling at that 2017? That's, that's three years ago now. Yes. Well, um, for some of the people in the group, they know this started when I was 35 weeks pregnant with my mm -hmm. first child. And it was a really, um, it, for me, it felt like a tragic scenario because I was so excited to have my son. I was very nervous. I work on the high school teacher mm -hmm. and I just happened out of the blue. Wasn't able to work. Um, when I delivered my son, he just came out healthy and beautiful in December of 2016, but I was really ill mm. and I did between having a child and then having to go back to work eight weeks later, um, I was searching for cures. I did vestibular rehabilitation. I went to many doctors and, um, it was deduced that I most likely did get a viral infection in my ear that caused eustachian tube dysfunction. But I also, but that is just, again, it was a speculation. So I searched very, very hard. Um, I went through a lot of really dark moments and moments that I am never going to feel better or be able to function as a mother mm -hmm. and as a human. And I found Joey after endless Google searches in 2017. I think that's when you started to really upload, at least when I was finding a plethora of material. Um, yeah. Actually, I think I, I just launched online in 2016 and everything I did was a very quiet, soft, I didn't do any big loud launches. So you did very well finding me early on. I felt like it was serendipitous. And of course it still took me a while. I, I did go to doctors and then I gave up and I went to doctors and I did have people in the healing community who were a bit more holistic helping me. Mm -hmm. um, and that really, really some of the advice I, gave, I got was very similar to yours, Joey, was just to really rewire the brain. Um, but I had trouble believing in myself and it took me a while to recover um, or to the point where I wanted to get to. Yeah, and I, I think actually doctors are doing a great job because a lot of the time they're giving us very accurate information. They'll be saying like, you're healthy, we can't find anything or there's a 
there's a for some people there's a little bit of damage here in your ear but you know you should recover it should be fine give it time and essentially doctors are saying you will rewire your body will adapt you'll get better like there's nothing i can do as a doctor but this should change over time so that often people are getting this kind of vague messaging from doctors and i think where we all get stuck is it's like well how how do i do neuroplasticity how like sure it may or may not happen and for some people it doesn't they get caught in these stress cycles and worry cycles and the, the neuroplasticity never kicks in and unfortunately they don't heal right so the question is how do i make my story different how do i become someone who does recover and and that's i think where the rocksteady community comes in is we have a very 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 strong focus on healing and our facebook group is exclusively on healing um which how did you go with um you were in the facebook community for a while it sounds before you joined rocksteady program is that true yes i did the seven day program and um i did um i was in the facebook community for a while but i part of my hesitation with really joining and doing any of the programs was that uh, I didn't have belief in myself. So I thought, well, if this fails, then nothing, what else is there out there? I was still yeah. in that mindset. So yeah. I said, okay, if this, everyone is saying this is going to help so much. And if it doesn't help me, well, then I'm a failure and that's it. And I almost, I don't deserve to heal. And yeah. I think a lot of us in the community have felt that way internally without even realizing it, that those yeah. special people feel, but not me, I can't do it. Totally. I've even had those beliefs and and that it really comes down to that core belief of I'm not good enough. There's something fundamentally wrong with me. I'm broken. Like everybody else is fine, but I'm a phony. And so I've got to fake it. I've got to pretend because deep down, if people know who I really am, I'm broken and I'm abnormal. And like, I'm not going to heal because I can't. I'm actually inadequate. So this story and this conversation, I, I promise you, almost every human being on the planet has had or has gone through at some point. And it's a real tra tragedy when we believe that. And often when we're at our wits end and really in the black pit of despair, that's when that story is really loud and we've bought in, we believe it. And a really big part of healing is going, well, what if, what if I am allowed to feel this way? What if my body can heal? What if I've, it's all a misunderstanding? And then we start opening up the new stories and new belief systems. That's when the new neurons start to really explore and, and reconnect. Can you share a little bit about, um, what made you go, okay, I'm going to do this. Like I'm freaking out. I might fail and that's scary, but I'm, I'm going to go for it. What, what helps you tip over? Just curious. Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I'm not, I don't know. I think I'm tenacious and there has to be an answer and why I, a lot of spiritual guidance. Um, I think listening, I did listen and watch a lot of your case studies. Um, I had a lot of support from friends and there was something like spiritual guidance that just said just try this <laughs> and i i want to live life to the best like everybody to the best of my yeah. abilities and to be there for my son um yeah. i also am i share with joe with you a high school teacher and those feelings of feeling fraudulent i would stand up in front of my students and i'd say i'm such a fraud here i can't even see straight how can I conduct this lesson? My speech is being slurred and I was really going into the victim role. And I said, nope, I, I need to get out of this. And I don't know when the moment was that I said, just try it. And it was just step-by-step step that I really started to heal very gradually. And I, things that I was afraid to do in the past, I just started to do. I mean, going into a supermarket. <laughs> when I talk yeah. about fearful, that was a big step for me. That's great. So do you mind if I read that quote from August, 2019? 
please, if it could, anything that could help anybody here. It's really I'd beautiful. And also I want to encourage anyone listening as Jen did join our Facebook community. It's free and it's just, it's a place of people sharing healing stories every single day and posting about how they're healing and how they're overcoming challenges and how they're backing themselves and how they're using resources and being resourceful. And the more we can start opening up to these new stories of I can do this and I can heal and it's okay to feel this way. I mean, that, that can be really, really momentous and pivotal in people's capacity to switch mindset from I'm stuck and need a cure and this is awful and someone else has to fix me into actually maybe I can do this and maybe I can find a way. So as we record this, it's um, late April 2020, and I'm going to read a quote from our Facebook group that Jen posted in August 2019. So it's a a bunch of months back. So Jen says, I just wanted to share with you all my accomplishments this far. And do you know when you started Rocksteady, by the way? It was the beginning of, oh my gosh. Uh, I want to say if I found you in 2017, it was the beginning of 2019. Yeah. Okay. So this would have been roughly seven or eight months into the Rocksteady process. And so it's a 12 week program, but people do it on loop. So you do three months and you go back and start again and do another three months. So it's kind of, it's a, it's a program you grow with. You, you own it for life. So eight months in, Jen says, last year, I never thought by this time I would have traveled abroad gone back to the gym regularly, written more than I have in the past few years, read a book on a topic that didn't relate to my condition, and now I read whatever interests me, and reconnected with so many friends while providing them with emotional support. The biggest milestone has been been being physically active for my two-and-a-half-year-old son, my gift, beauty, and joy, while being able to support him, comfort him, love him, play with him, cook for him from scratch, another feat. And just to be the mother that I envisioned myself to be. I have less and less not quite right days, but when the moments do arise, I observe and ask myself with curiosity, as Joey suggested, what is my body communicating to me? Another huge milestone for me is learning how to love myself and appreciate my gifts, exclamation mark. I will be going back to work next week and our school year starts and I intend to take it slow, set boundaries and do my best without pushing through. I went from hopeless to praising myself for a job well done and finding compassion within myself for just being human. How does that make you feel re- rehearing that? I don't know. I'm, it's making me emotional. Beautiful. Um, because when I wrote that, I, never, I still feel that I never thought I'd get to this point where I am at now. That was August. And since then, the yeah. progression has been phenomenal. And slow, which I think is important for people to understand because I'm really impatient. Um, I was born in New York and I was just not a patient person my entire life. And I wanted everything with haste and quickly and a quick fix. Yesterday, please. Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not how I think it was this, that I needed this wake up call as difficult it has been to reconnect with spirituality and slow down and um, maybe be able to help people too and others and to connect to this amazing community. Um, One thing though that was really empowering and you've said it Joey is this community of people posting things, these milestones. Um, I read about people just doing simple activities that they just, it, it just brought them so much joy and I think that's what empowered me the most was hearing people's stories and looking at these beautiful humans and saying, there's nothing wrong or broken about them. Yeah. And they're just, we're all human and people. And I think that really, so I want to thank the community for that. 
Yeah, and I guess and we, when we have these invisible chronic symptoms that supposedly the medical world can't fix, um, it can feel really lonely and it, it really triggers and reinforces that belief. I'm broken, I'm abnormal, I can't heal, there's something wrong with me, I'm not good enough, I'm inadequate. So that's where finding like-minded people who are also working through that belief and who get it and who understand it, um, it, that can be really helpful for us building that self-compassion you spoke about. And I'd love to hear how has your relationship to your body changed? If you rewind the clock back to 2017, how has your relationship to your body changed then to now, three years later? Well, I think in the beginning, I, um, you know, after I had my son, I had lost so much weight because I was just feeling really ill and I was getting compliments on how wonderful I looked and I felt really ill. And I said to somebody one day when I was in a store struggling through, I would change this. I would gain a hundred pounds to change this. And as I grow now and I say, oh my gosh, my body is phenomenal. Not because of how it looks, but what it could do to heal. Yeah. Um, aside from the fact that I'm getting back into exercise and I do get myself and I say, oh, you're awesome. Like you could heal yourself. Like that's a super, you know, that's a superpower. Yeah. Um, because really lonely space. I mean, everything you're saying, I just, I, I feel like we all share in that sentiment of looking okay on the outside and feeling really lonely and almost feeling like you're crazy to the outside world for feeling these symptoms that you just see. Yeah. And, and, and what you're describing really is this inner judgment and inner conflict. So it's like we have different expectations and judgments on everybody else around us. Like they're fine. They're cool. We celebrate them. Yeah. They're amazing. But when I look in the mirror or feel in my body, these sensations, like I'm bad, I'm wrong. I judge myself. I reject myself. I abandon myself. And so it really is. That's where this, this compassion piece comes in. Can you speak a little bit about those inner judgments? And I'm sure they still arise. It's, it's an ongoing life process. How are you working with those inner judgments as they arrive now? And you have a challenging time. How are you meeting that with compassion? Oh, that's great. Because I still have a lot of those inner judgments. And I, like you said, we're human. And I think many of us do. Um, I really try to be conscious of them and to slow down and to really, um, I think, following that rock steady process of just when I'm having a bad day, not just talking to myself and saying, oh, you're fine, you're great, you're doing a great job, but going back to, well, what did I do today that was great? And it might be something simple. Um, it might be something as simple as, okay, I got up and I took a shower and I was able <laughs> to, I don't know, make a cup of coffee and spend time with my son or do schoolwork or just little things, but I, or, oh, I, I wrote in my journal tonight. I mean, it's just really celebrating those little accomplishments. Yeah. Um, I think is how we can give our love yeah. and going back to, wow, my body was able to do all these amazing things through healing and also birthing my son, which yeah. I never thought I would have, you know, even the child that I do. So I think just celebrating yeah. all the great things about my body and not focusing on the negative aspects. I think what I really like that you've shared there too, is it's dropping into authenticity because it's easy to like bullshit ourselves and be like, yeah, yeah, I love myself. I'm fine. It's, you know, it's all good. And it's just this real artificial, yeah. ingenuine facade that we put up because that's what people expect us to say. How are you? I'm fine. I'm good. Mm -hmm. um, when deep down we can be feeling really sad or really upset or really disconnected or really lonely or really dizzy or really just hating what we're feeling. 
And then we, we, we essentially lie about it, not just to the outside world, but to ourselves. We, we tell ourselves, well, you shouldn't feel this and this is not okay. So we start to self berate. And so what I like what you've shared there is you've dropped into from this, I'm fine kind of inauthenticity into, well, actually I did get out of bed. I did clean my teeth. I did write in my journal. I, I did show up for my son. Like these are all really significant things and they're part of my value system, which is I want to be a great mum for my son. And when I can show myself I'm doing that, I can pat myself on the back and remind myself I'm doing it. I'm living it from an authentic place. You're so correct. And like I said, and I, I know it's us doing, I'm going to own the self-work, but I really thank all the people who have supported me within the community and outside because it was that I really didn't get here alone. And I do believe that we all need a supportive environment. Um, and just to speak to you about, you know, the idea behind neuroplasticity and your community, it was the community I wanted to stay in. Um, yeah. When you wrote, you, please do not focus on your symptoms and how you're feeling. And I would start to read posts that were so empowering. It just made sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I remember one of the first posts I read was one of your members walking through the airport and sharing this amazing experience and being a traveler. I thought, oh my gosh, this guy, and I think his name's Matt. I'm not sure if he's out there, but um, I said, oh my gosh, this guy is amazing. And I know that's not easy when we're in this situation. And I thought, yeah. okay, if, if he could do it one day, I'm going to do it. That was so inspiring. And so many of the posts, some of the parents on here and the uh, people, all everybody really just yeah. so empowering. Yeah. So right. just to, just to clarify, um, the way we hold the group in like a sacred space and it's a confidential space, um, is we, we ask everyone to post how they're healing, what they're doing to meet challenges, to post about what they're feeling or experiencing in their body without using judgmental language or symptomatic language. So for example, we don't want people to say, Oh, I've got triple PD and dizziness and it's really hard for me to drive. And the other day, I, I went and I drove a car and I'm just really great now. Like that post would actually be deleted because it's still coming from this mindset of I've got this label and this judgment and I'm pushing through essentially. So what we're inviting people to do is to say, I was actually feeling really alone. I was feeling isolated. I was feeling frustrated, which is emotional language, which is actually non-judgmental. And what I did was I wrote a letter to my friend in London to help me feel connected, to help me, um, not feel lonely anymore and I was frustrated so I slowed down and I you know gave myself some compassion hands and so what we want to shift away from is that symptomatic labeling language that's pushing through and you know trying to fight the problem and trying to push through and get through it and celebrate when symptoms are not there that's not what we're doing we're going this is what I authentically feel today's hard I'm angry and this is what I'm doing about it this is how I'm healing so it's, it's a really great practice in reading post after post after post of people being authentic and moving, not only celebrating wins, which is the fun and easy part, but actually how can I authentically move through a challenge? Which brings me to my next question. How are you going with COVID-19 in New York? And I know this can be oh, something we all need to breathe through and support each other globally, but I also don't want to have the elephant in the room. How, how are you going with the emotions arising in, in this climate? Um, it's, we must be reading each other's minds because just now I was thinking that yesterday was just a really difficult day and I couldn't pinpoint emotionally. Um, we did lose a friend to this and I, because I'm a teacher, I know many of my students going through hardships with their friends and family and living right outside of New York city. It's mm -hmm. around us. And I just, it was a really difficult day. And I, I think I just did everything. I 
took out my toolkit and I did the healing hands compassion mm -hmm. meditation and I just went through the feelings and I said, this is normal. This is grief. Um, people are feeling grief in different ways and that we have to honor those feelings. And really, Joey, I'm, I'm just telling you this honestly, like your words really resonated like so much about like just honoring those feelings, um, not pushing them aside and just really working through it. And then of course I started in, oh, well, I'm not feeling so great today because of X, Y, and Z. And I said, nope, this is normal. This is yeah. normal to feel grief. This is normal to feel sadness. This is normal to have a bad day. Um, and we have to honor those feelings. So it's been really difficult being around it. And I think that just globally, we're, we're probably all feeling, you know, grief, like I said, in different ways. And it's been difficult. Um, I'm very fortunate that my nuclear family here, my husband and my son, that we're able to be home and work from home. And I try to honor that and get out and connect with nature as best as we can. We're in a suburban environment, but we do have a nice yard and some trees and just to really, really just take the time to, to I mean, it's spring here. So yeah. to look at the growth and the rebirth and the blossoming and realizing yeah. that every day is a gift. Yeah. And toddlers will teach you that and babies. I know. Right? I know. So amazing. And I, and I think in this um, COVID-19 pandemic, which, all, which globally we're all having to, um, I suppose, ask ourselves questions, change our day-to-day -day behaviours and actions. And for some of us, that it's highly stressful, a lot more fear. People around us are potentially dying or people we know. Um, and at the same time, I think it does also give us opportunities to say, well, what really matters? What's really precious? What do I really need? And how much do I need to get in the car and buy this thing and do that? It's just so interesting when it comes back to what's essential, which is That's something we actually study in yoga. And uh, santosha, which is the Sanskrit word for contentment, is a practice. It's not something we're born with. We practice contentment by telling ourselves we have enough. It's about focusing on the essentials and being content with what's essential. Nothing more is needed. Not an extra word, not an extra breath, not an extra mouthful of food not an extra footstep, like it's enough. And it's, it's, it really takes us to a new place of inner peace when we can meet this contentment. And I think part of that is also going, yeah, it's okay to feel grief. Yeah. The world is changing, communities are changing, processes are changing, systems are changing, change is difficult, people are dying. I'm not more sick right now, I'm experiencing grief and that's normal. I'm allowed to be tired, I'm allowed to be heavy, I'm allowed to be lethargic, I'm allowed to feel these sensations in my body, I'm human. And, it, yes. and it's really interesting how um, so many people in our community will say, I, I just, I thought I had to be happy and good and strong all the time, like there wasn't room for this ebb and flow of, of human feeling. And that's oh, what we learned. I can relate to that. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so that's what we're learning to make space for and rather than push through and pretend and be the phony is go, well, how can I own this, process it, not dump on other people, but actually move through it myself and experience it and free myself up so I can still be there for other people despite feeling angry or frustrated or lonely or whatever it is going on, which it sounds like you're doing beautifully. So I that's love that you do. Thank you. And I, it's look, every day is different. So I want the community to know I'm definitely not superhuman. I'm a work in progress as we all are. Um, and definitely like everybody else, I still have my difficult days and like those days of self-judgment and 
the fear-based days, especially with COVID-19, what's going to happen to this loved one and this one. And, um, and that's where it's important for us to take a step back. I, I think the one gift that, if I could say gift, that um, this condition has brought, at least for me, this vestibular condition was really taking the time to slow down Mm-hmm. and reflect on what's important before right. even this global pandemic. I, there was just things, the little things that I had taken for granted that when I was able to do them, I went, wow, I can do this and I don't need X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, I do need more time in nature. I don't need to be running around all the time. I mean, there were just so many things that it really became very apparent after the condition. Yeah. yeah and I think it's really important to remember because I, I, I lived in a city for 12 years in Melbourne, which was really hard for me, actually. I, I enjoyed it at the time, but in hindsight, I miss nature. Like I was, I was losing myself. It was, it was a difficult time. Um, but I did what I could, and sometimes that was just staring at the stars, following the moon. I've, I've always loved any access to any trees or birds. And I think connecting to nature can be as simple as just putting our feet on the earth, even if it is in a, a grassy nature strip beside the road and and i and i agree with you that can be really important to just come back to nature in whatever form we have access to gosh the water for me is so healing (laughs) just there's something about it and yeah Yeah. really makes a difference for me yeah yeah when it's it's an amazing planet and i guess my prayer for the planet or my intention or wish i'm not particularly religious but I, i do like the the concept of prayers um you know, is that we take care of Mother Earth and we appreciate and show gratitude for how blessed we are to have all of her resources providing for us. Um, and, you know, something I've just started doing since the COVID-19 situation is lighting candle every day and wishing inner peace for all beings. And as I do my yoga practice, embodying that intention and wish for inner peace for all beings and knowing that some people don't know how to get that inner peace yet but that doesn't mean they won't find it eventually that's beautiful yeah so just finding a way to do something and obviously we the rest we have to surrender to we can't control it all well that was a big part of this whole process is that for me it had been the need for control for so long Uh um and i think that the whole process and getting this condition and being diagnosed at the time when all I wanted, you know, I envisioned this perfect pregnancy and this Mm. perfect beginning stage of motherhood. And in so many ways it was perfect because I had this healthy boy, but I had to relinquish control. I had to rely on my husband a lot for support to take care of our child. Um, I had to really, we have to, as we know in the community relinquish control a lot. Yeah. And And it was a big life lesson. And I also wonder, you know, if we were to zoom forwards 20 years or something, if you wouldn't actually say that was perfect. Because if it wasn't for that condition, perhaps my husband wouldn't have been as involved. And I wouldn't have invited him in as much to the child's life. And we worked better as a team because of this. And I slowed down and I figured out what was more important to me. And in hindsight, that was the perfect early motherhood. I, Joey, that brings tears to my eyes because I... I think in time, it's already coming to the part where the story is changing for the better in my head. And I know we're all learning with COVID-19, with this pandemic, that we have to take it almost minute by minute. Things are changing so rapidly. It's not even day by day. There's a new law. There's a regulation coming and it's changing so quickly. So the lesson from both (laughs) is that 
um, we do have to just live not in the moment. That's right, which is hard, I think, for all of us right now. I think it gets easier, so keep going. Okay. And, and that's where being in our bodies and being in our breath and really dropping into those body scans. I mean, once we're really in our body all the time, we never want to be anywhere but the present moment. It's actually, it, it's detrimental to jump into the future thinking or live in the past and to just be in the present is so liberating and blissful. The body scans actually, so I shared that I'm a high school teacher, it could be a very busy day. And many of us were students in you know, these busy school settings. And yeah. um, when I was really at the beginning stages of this process, I was having some really difficult days and I knew I still had to get through an afternoon. I would sit at, for 20 minutes when I had some quiet and I would do the body scans. Yeah. Nobody would know. I could just sit quietly and they were really life-changing because yeah. they were so simple. And you can teach them to your kids. So in Australia, some teachers will start every class with a one-minute silent body scan. The entire class does it. And they say they notice the children's or the kids' behaviour is they're much more calm and engaged when they start with that one-minute embodiment. So, yeah, kids are really, um, what's the word? They're very receptive to it. And it's so good because... When I was little, we climbed trees and dug holes and floated boats down water drains, whereas these days kids are really on screens a lot. And so getting back yeah. into their bodies is something they crave and they want and they yes. need guidance. Yes, um, they do love that. It has changed the way I handle my classroom. I will tell you that. I do try to get into the meditation and slow things down and try to focus on what's important as best as I can. Mm. Try to exercise compassion because we don't know what anybody is going through. No. Um, but you said it well, when you're first in it, you think that everybody else's life just on the surface looks fancy and footloose and fancy free. Fabulous. Yeah. Oh, the stories we tell ourselves. Well, right. I, I just think you're, thank you so much for your time. I'm thank super you, happy for you that you're being the mother you want to be. Thank and you so much. It's incredible that you're working and you're, you're juggling life. You're doing it all. You're living in a pandemic being a teacher, being a mom. And there'll be so many people out there with vestibular conditions who are either perhaps in that dark pit of despair right now and thinking, oh my God, I wish that was me. So thank you for sharing your story and being brave and for trusting yourself and believing in yourself and going through the Rocksteady process. And I hope you keep going through it. I hope you log into module one and do it all again. Well, I, I have to say, and I say there's always people in the world that are sent to us. And I just thought it was so serendipitous when I found you in this community. I said, this can't be somebody could really understand this, but also scientifically explain, because I did need a little bit of the science behind it. And it just all made sense. And now that I'm actually living it, it's clear that, you know, it, it works. just makes it works. work for me. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. I'm so happy for you. Um, thank you to everyone who's tuned in. I'm Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au. If you have a case study out there, get in touch with me because I want to meet more and more of you guys. Thank you so much, Jen, for your time. You've got a very Thanks, lucky Joey. little son there who's going to have some great skills coming through you. Oh, you're so, thank you, Joey. Thank you. And <laughs> same with you and your baby. Yeah, my little baby. So let's all just take a breath together and... Um, and just honor and acknowledge there's some big emotions going around the world right now. And it's so important that we slow down and feel it and really feel it because pretending and being inauthentic is not going to help the earth. It's not going to help ourselves. It's not going to help our communities. 
And suppressed emotions can really trigger symptoms. So learning to feel and process those emotions is a huge part of healing. So I just want to encourage you all, if this is resonating with you, jump onto my website. There's, there's lots of support and programs and offerings. Um, and I hope everyone who needs it can get the support they need and find what they're looking for. So it's a little bye for now. And thank you so much, Jen. Thank you. Take care.